and welcome to episode 8 of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the only podcast actively working to replace every man, woman, and child on Earth with robots so we can take over the world! I'm Matthew, and here with me today is Adam. Hi, buddy! Hey, Matthew. This is, uh, yeah, I'm Adam. Uh, so <laughs> here we are, uh, our eighth week of uh, of this podcast. How I like embarrassing. To think of it- I like to think of it as baby's first podcast. <laughs> so if you ever have kids, is, are you just going to like play this to them in the womb? <laughs> no, no, it's a uh, well, yes, yes. <laughs> so what kind of robots do you think uh, you like to think that we're using to take over the world? Because I keep thinking about the ones from Chopping Mall. If you've ever seen that. No, what do, what do those robots do? They're they're like just. They're like these nighttime security robots that this mall uses, and they're like they're like uh, kind of like on tank treads, and they have lasers. And people like stay like sneak in the mall and stay overnight and get shot with the lasers, and their heads explode and stuff. It's an eighties B movie. <laughs> okay, sounds good. That yeah. sounds like they'd work. Yeah, the only thing, only robots I can think of that are uh, worthy of taking over the world is just like all the androids and shit from Dragon Ball C. <laughs> There's also Terminator. Oh, yeah, he's a robot. He's a robot. <laughs> just him. <laughs> Not all the other Terminators, just him. Him, the one that lives in California and is uh, Austrian. Uh, <laughs> so why are we talking about robots anyway? Uh, because the first episode we're talking about tonight is Real or Robots. Uh, it's the first horror-themed episode of Rugrats. Not the last. And, uh, it's a very fun one. Very funny. Yes. I love it. It's uh, written again by Joe uh, Ansala Bahir and Steve Vixton, who uh, you may remember did a Barbecue Story, Baby Commercial, and Mama Trauma. I'm not going to go over their uh, careers. Like We just did that last week. They're, this is already their fourth episode. I think they're the uh, most frequent writers the first season. That makes sense. Are they the magic? Should we get them back for... <laughs> The reboot. (laughs) We will do it. Okay, so after watching a scary movie on TV, Tommy suspects his dad is a robot. To test his theory, Tommy enlists Chucky to perform a series of uh, nocturnal tests on Stu, who hasn't been getting enough sleep. After several terrorizing visits, the tables are quickly turned as Stu begins to sleepwalk and chase the babies around the house. I know I said last week for Grandpa's Teeth that that's probably my favorite episode. Um, if that's not my favorite episode, it's probably this one until my next favorite episode in season one. But <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. I, I, I already blew my favorite uh, episode wad on Slumber Party. <laughs> and then they just keep coming. I mean, it's we say it every week. Season one is just I don't know that there are really any weak links, but it, <laughs> if there are any, it is definitely not this one. You know, I I kind of I think I like rough things that are rough around the edges. You know, I like it more than like very polished stuff. Like uh, it it becomes more polished in season two and season yes. three, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. And I and I do love those seasons. Mm-hmm. And every time we talk about how great season one is, that's not to say that the other seasons are bad. But <laughs> well, not <laughs> we're talking about one, two, and three. <laughs> yeah, one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like early the first season Rugrats, early Simpsons. Yes. Uh, Where do you think the Simpsons cuts off for 
to for being good for uh, most people usually say one through eight or like it's peak i honestly think after season five it starts to drop a, yeah. at least a little bit oh yeah it was a it's a soft uh edge for as far as the cutoff for good see uh, episodes of the simpsons yeah because yeah at, after season six there's definitely good stuff like some really funny stuff through season eight yeah. but you know there's more episodes that you're like okay this feels like the worst episodes of those seasons become like the quality of the best episodes of the like next few seasons yeah and so on and so forth goes kind of downhill and i and i think that's that's not it's not really a fair comparison the simpsons and rugrats because rugrats there's like a distinct difference between seasons Season two and three are pretty much pretty similar between season one and two. Obviously, there's a difference. And then between three and four, it's a another huge jump. But The Simpsons is kind of like a gradual slide. Yeah, it, you know, that's more like evolution of how they write the characters and stuff. And with Rugrats, there's like a there was like a lot of drama in between uh, season three and season four, which yeah. ended up with a lot of staff changes <laughs> so you know it's not not hard to see why like it would suddenly change like yeah in tone and everything but it is what it is It is what it is <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what made me think of this but i was uh getting a uh, getting a drink before like right before we started recording so i didn't have a chance to research it but i vaguely remember a documentary on nickelodeon called rugrats a decade in diapers Oh, yeah, I do remember the name of that. Yeah, and I think that's something we should offer, if not next week, for a, a future episode. See if we can find it and see what that's all about. I mean, I'm sure it's more of a fluff piece, because I, I remember distinctly watching it on Nickelodeon. But yeah. Maybe it was a lead-in to the All Growed Up special, I want to say. It probably was. That, that makes sounds sense. right. But anyway, real or robots? <laughs> Great fucking episode <laughs> of uh, The Baby Show. This one, uh, it starts out with like a dark, stormy night, and then it turns out that it's a, uh, well, actually, it is a dark, stormy night, but it's also a dark, stormy night in the uh, movie they're watching, yeah. <laughs> where there's this uh, mad scientist who is a, a <laughs> building a robot to replace a kid's dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's like, a, instead of having, instead of being like a scientist, like with a hunchback assistant, he's like a hunchback scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm reading into his All character in design, yeah. One and the we we before we even talk about the, the the plot or anything, that opening music with is it like maybe a theremin? Yeah. It's it's incredible. It's it's so so perfect. Like <laughs> I would watch a horror movie with that with with uh, this kind of music. Like I don't know. I downloaded a synth app uh <laughs> like just uh yesterday yeah and there was a really cool theremin preset on there that i would like to play around with you gonna create some rug some rug wraiths music a theme song i could i <laughs> hope so <laughs> that's a that's a teaser out there for you you better not let all of our fan down <laughs> see what i did there yes i did <laughs> we're talking to you heather <laughs> <laughs> oh man but no I, I i love on the the tv show the the doctor mad scientist whatever you want to say goes on his rant much like my intro to the show last my experiment is almost complete soon 
I will replace every man, woman, and child with my robots and take over the world! <laughs> The robot stands up and walks around, and, like, the door just flies open, and the kid says, like, Oh, no! Dad! You're a robot! <gasps> but he doesn't even, he's like, the door, it's like the door is barely even open, and he's already said it. It's not like he stopped to look. It's just, <laughs> it's just so sudden. I, I like the uh, design of the robot, where yeah. he has, like, the, he's got the Frankenstein bolts, like, on his yeah. ankles. And, like, and, a, like uh, a, he's a metal hinge jaw. Nipples for his chest plate, <laughs> which comes into play later. <laughs> yes. I and anyway, Stu comes down, a very tired Stu, and turns the TV off and says, This movie is way too scary for you kids. Come on now, it's time for bed. And he turns it off, and Tommy manages to get it back on for a moment, just in time to see the robot carrying the kids <laughs> and like walking around. <laughs> And there's a great, great, not just uh, visual uh, cut, but an audio cut. Like, it cuts with, like, the kids scream with the music, and then the scream fades out into, like, Tommy's scared face in the crib. <laughs> it's a great, great cut. Like, if uh, it were a film cut, it would be great, and it's an animation cut, and it's great. I also like how uh, the robot is yellow, and then yeah. in this episode, Stu is wearing yellow pajamas to... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. that idea in Tommy's head. I didn't even think about that. That's a really nice observation. Oh, and we get a line that you alluded to in an earlier episode when we've mentioned Chucky's uh, mom, who is buried in the backyard and has been eaten. <laughs> <laughs> in rug race, anyway. But uh, Stu says your mom and dad will be here to pick you up in the morning. So that's... Is that the very first time that they actually mention his mom? I believe Chucky mentioned his mom... In yeah. an earlier episode, but I, I I don't really remember. We we if he mentioned there, we talked about it already. Yeah, but I just wanted to mention it. But yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely uh, another instance where they reference his mom. Uh, we see uh, Tommy has a different shirt, and Chucky gets a different outfit too. Yeah, he gets some pajamas, and I like how uh, Stu like takes off his glasses for him and puts them on the side of the crib. Yeah, like hanging them over. So Which Chucky then just puts right back on. Of course. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So, <laughs> so they discuss, uh, they think that Tommy can't get to sleep because he's afraid that his, his dad's a robot. He's like, did you see the way he looked? <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't been sleeping. I fucking love the way Stu is rambling in bed. Wingnuts. Screws just don't fit. I mean, too many wing nuts. Stu, honey, I'm worried about you. Tomorrow. I think you've been working too hard lately. I can tap anywhere and just get in an electric wire. Stu? Huh? Uh, okay, dear. Uh, I'll fix the blender first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> all the things he's got to do or has been doing all day. With his laser oven and his <laughs> patty pants toys and... That's how I get when I'm really tired. I remember one time in college, I was like rambling to you about spiders or something. <laughs> I kind of vaguely remember that. <laughs> Do you remember uh, 
when I would come over to your house, like my very first job, like was at a big loss, and I would come over to your house afterward, and I'd be all exhausted, and I'd fall asleep on your couch, yeah. and I think I'd be rambling then, if yeah, I'm not you mistaken. Would. <laughs> and you'd like scare me and wake me up, and I'd be like, <laughs> but, you wanted to hang out with me, but you also wanted to sleep. <laughs> so I just decided sleeping at your house was the next best option. That's almost as good as when I uh, got my wisdom teeth out and came over to your house high as hell on drugs, the, the painkillers. <laughs> and I was asking you to make me scan chovies. I'll never forget that. I think I was asking. I think what I was doing was asking for a grilled cheese. Yeah, well, I gave I gave him a pepperoni roll and he was loving it until he got to the pepperoni and he was like, Bleh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Dee Dee says to Stu that uh, he she's afraid he's going to start sleepwalking again like the summer before when he made a 13 egg omelet on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I have to wonder if uh, he would have even ended up sleepwalking if Tommy and Chucky hadn't been like <laughs> doing what they're about to do to him all night. <laughs> That's a great point. So, yeah, they want to get out at well, Chucky doesn't want to go out, but <laughs> Tommy, of course, needs to prove that his dad is a robot or is not a robot. And his first tool of the episode, because as we know from this episode, especially, or it confirms it, that Tommy is just like a fucking master carpenter or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's good with his hands. His his screwdriver, his normal screwdriver, his trademark screwdriver is under a ball in their crib. They should have made Tommy a greaser and all grown up. <laughs> Instead of, like, a video guy. Like, oh. I think he liked to record things with his video camera. Yeah, I think you're right. I forgot all about... I I barely remember... All I don't up. remember it at all, but I just... Like, at, when we've been doing all, like, all the stuff we've been doing for this show, I've seen some image, like, promo images for All Grown Up, and he's, like, holding a camera. That would make sense, because I actually just had a video recommended to me on YouTube the other day. It's, like, Tommy giving, like, an acceptance speech at the Oscars or something. <laughs> and I think it's his dream, but he has like Stu's hair and like they cut to the crowd and like Stu and Dee Dee are like ultra elderly. <laughs> it's It was fun. It was a fun design seeing them that way. But anyway, they go into the bedroom and Dee Dee has the pillows over her head and face because of how hard Stu is snoring. <laughs> I didn't ever notice that. Yeah. And Tommy's like, well, if he's a robot, he doesn't have to breathe. Right. <laughs> And so he suffocates his death <laughs> by shoving his fingers up his nose. And Stu's like, Tommy. <laughs> it's like, it always, when I was a little kid, I was like, is that like, it's obviously supposed to just be like an over-exaggerated oxygen coming or like breathing out coming out of his nose. But I, I don't know what I thought it was like noxious. It looks like noxious fumes or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his robot exhaust. <laughs> he plugged his robot exhaust. <laughs> I, I just I'm imagining how terrifying it would be to like wake up unable to breathe and then see like your two babies like crazy. <laughs> there's, a, there's a baby's fingers up my nose. So yeah, Stu takes them and puts them back in uh, the crib, and this time he ties it up with looks like a shoelace or something. Yeah, a broken crib. <laughs> I can imagine like. All of the bolts and stuff just have like, or they're like stripped from Tommy constantly like breaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, oh, they just he just unties it too. He's like, yeah, he just reaches out and 
Yeah, Tommy knows how to unravel things. Don't He's good with his hands. Even tried it. Don't try to put things together in front of him. <laughs> yeah, if he if he wasn't a uh, if he doesn't become a filmmaker, he could become like I said, a handyman or something. And uh, so he gets out, and he they decide to go and try it. Open Stu's chest plate, and they grab <laughs> a little toy wrench. We gotta go in there and open up his chest plate. Oh no. You know, watching this again, when he first goes under his uh, crib, he like moves the teddy bear aside and there's this big toolbox. I actually had to pause because I was laughing so hard and I was like, is the joke that Tommy just has an entire like adult toolbox under his (laughs) crib? (laughs) Obviously later that changes, but like you don't see that when he first goes under there. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really funny. They're uh, very inconsistent inconsistent with how much these babies how much weight these babies can uh Move, handle. carry <laughs> yeah but, but yeah we whatever. do see we yeah it's fine it's it's fine it's a great show <laughs> but we see the toolbox says tiny tots on the side or tiny tools tiny tools tiny tots tiny tools i've written down but yeah so sadly tommy does not have a full adult's <laughs> toolbox under his bed so the next option is to uh, like I don't like said, this show anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ruined. Never watching again. Uh, so I, unsubscribed. <laughs> I think this is the first instance of the little smiley face flashlight, too. Does it come? Oh, it does come again, doesn't it? Is it in every horror episode? I, I, I think so. It's at least in Monster in the Garage. It might yeah. be in the uh, the episode where they try to get the light from the refrigerator. Mm. Is it in the even uh, maybe the other Halloween episode, the trick or treat episode? Maybe it, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll have to watch it again. Screaming zombies. <laughs> I, I swear there was like a crowd scene in some later episode I was watching that had like a lot of repeat characters, including like number 12 from Little Dude and stuff. But really? I, I can't for the life of me remember where I was and I must have dreamed it. Doing so much Rugrats shit that I'm actually yeah. starting to dream about Rugrats. <laughs> I have said in past episodes, I wake up with the music stuck in my head all the time. I'll walk around and like we talked about last week, my favorite Mark Mothersbaugh composition. The... <laughs> this is what I, it's in my head when I go on my little adventures. I think I said that last <laughs> week, too. <laughs> but anyway, they unbutton Stu's uh, pajama shirt and he's like, See, there's the bolts, or there they are. <laughs> and these are the most uh, prominent nipples in all of Rugrats. <laughs> and they're like the same as his flesh tone, too. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't get away with full pink nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it was too, too hot for Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> the too hot for Nickelodeon collection. <laughs> full color stew. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to make everything like anatomically accurate even the character designs look at all the shit they had to say no to john k over (laughs) i was thinking about that too Uh, that man is uh proof that having full creative control isn't always the best idea also he's a piece (laughs) of shit on a leash yeah so uh, something Uh, (laughs) needs to be watched (laughs) need to be john k leash loss (laughs) (laughs) for animation studios and in general that guy's a piece of work so yeah, anyway, Tommy takes the, the wrench and uh, <laughs> twists Stu's nipple and he sits up and screams. 
And it's a different stew scream. His eyes are all bloodshot. (laughs) (laughs) You can see like 50 veins in his eyes. (laughs) He must be a robot. Why else would anyone have to open up his chest? It's like, that proves it. (laughs) He doesn't want us to know. And this time he's taped them into the crib. So not not only are the is uh tommy good with tools but he's able to like knot his blanket to make like climbing points like a rope so they can climb out of the crib yeah and so uh they get out of the crib and uh they're like lugging this huge uh box of baby tools tiny tools my ass (laughs) and uh they're gonna uh I don't know what they're going to do to Stu now, but they're thwarted <laughs> in this effort. <laughs> so they're sitting there arguing, and I, I, I love Chucky is constantly like, uh, You know, um, Tommy, uh, we, we don't have to stay. We could go. <laughs> him trying to convince him the whole time. <laughs> they're about to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, like, takes a screwdriver and just starts, like, jabbing it into his chest. <laughs> but no, before they have a chance to seriously injure Stu... Uh, Stu sits up. There's no such thing as robots! He does it like a few times. (laughs) So uh, Stu starts, uh, proceeds to chase them around the house now. (laughs) Like a big Frankenstein monster, arms outstretched. Knocking over all the decor. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine how angry Dee Dee's going to be in the morning. And and, uh, I don't know how often we see these, but they've got uh, at least one entrance to their kitchen has like saloon style doors. Yeah, I made note of that, too. And I don't remember seeing it other times. I I know the episode that introduces Susie. They're in their house and I see it and it, I, I, you see it there. Um, and there's actually a, ga- a mini gag involving it. But I don't remember seeing it in the Pickles house. You know, it, they're actually in the pilot and it's something I picked up on before we were talking mention it because they didn't use them i'm like well it kind of looks like saloon style doors uh, okay. but maybe that's not what they are but it is what they are but it is what they are yes <laughs> <laughs> so Stu uh isn't actually chasing them yet though the babies think so i like how like the 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 theremin music is playing and then like Stu ends up in the kitchen and then it zooms in on his face and it, it <laughs> and the music fades out and he's like I can eat first. I have to eat first. I gotta eat something. I gotta have something in my stomach. I gotta have maybe something. I don't know. I'm gonna fry up something. I don't know. Maybe something. Oh, nice omelet. Fluffy, fluffy omelet. Now. <laughs> and as soon as he opens the refrigerator, it's like he immediately thinks he's on a cooking show. He's a television host with his assistant, his lovely assistant, Ramona. Who will hold the bowl for him. <laughs> What's he doing? My lovely assistant Ramona will hold the bowl as I demonstrate my culinary magic. And that this is where we get... One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, six potato, fourteen potato, sixteen potato, one hundred and nineteen What's he potato. talking about? <laughs> and he's just <laughs> licking eggs everywhere. I like how Tommy and Chucky are just like, 
What is he doing? <laughs> What's he talking about? Must be some kind of robot code from Mars. <laughs> and then the babies are hiding in in the cabinet, and uh, they they like fall out. That's <laughs> too. Drew, what are you doing here? This is my cooking show, Drew. You're not trying to steal my secret recipe, are you? <laughs> I, I got my uh, the cover art I'm doing for this episode <laughs> is from uh, <laughs> a composite of these scenes. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. <laughs> so this is before I forget about it. This is off topic slightly, but it's regarding Rugrats and real life. What I remember once when I was a little kid talking to my mom while we were watching Rugrats and it was like a commercial. <laughs> I was like, Mom, when I was uh, tell me about my baby friends from when I was little. <laughs> like. Like <laughs> she was like, you didn't have any. Yeah, she didn't have any baby friends. <laughs> is that what happened? That that is what happened. I didn't have any baby friends. She's like, I think she said like babies don't have friends. <laughs> but anyway, so now now Stu is actually chasing chasing after Tommy and Chucky, thinking that they're Drew trying to take his secret recipe. Come back, Drew. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, this, you're right. This is this this is an episode that every time I watch it, it's funnier. It... On the TV, yeah. whenever uh, <laughs> whenever uh, Stu's coming at them, there's the little uh, the kid with from the broom. movie is like <laughs> with a rake at his robot. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, Tommy grabs the remote control and tries to turn Stu off, but it's just switching the channels. <laughs> yeah, and then the last the last thing, it's just, like, some guy's face. I sent you the image. Uh, just, like, some guy's face, like, taking up the entire frame of the TV with a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he then, he starts going after Chucky, and, like, yeah. Tommy comes in and dives and, like, rolls out with Saddle away with him. Stu actually yeah. looks like he probably would have stepped on him at that point. <laughs> so Tommy actually, did, even though he wasn't actively trying to hurt the babies, he probably did save, or Tommy did save Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's chasing them, but not really. <laughs> and then he runs into the lamp and <laughs> starts dancing, dancing with, with it. And kissing it. Oh, something we didn't mention is every step that Stu takes in his sleepwalk, it's like... <laughs> eventually he spins down into the chair with the lamp next to him <laughs> and he just falls asleep yeah his head's like on the recliner where the his feet should be and his feet are like up on like the headrest and uh then Dee Dee uh <laughs> hears him back to the room but doesn't know what she's hearing she uh she comes out to check on Stu who's not yeah. in bed anymore <laughs> And he's already destroyed the house and <laughs> sleeping on the chair. One potato, two potato, three potato, four. Stu? Where's Drew? Are you okay, honey? <laughs> he calls her Ramona. <laughs> he's like, like, Ramona? Who's Ramona? My sister. Oh, Stu, you've been sleepwalking again. Stu? <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy and Chucky have hightailed it back to the crib. Uh, and they've climbed the the blanket rope, and they're they're back at the bed, shaking with fear under the covers. <laughs> <laughs> they're traumatized for life. <laughs> but the parent, uh, Drew and uh, Drew, Stu and Dee Dee come up, and they're like, Stu says, "No, 
This may sound crazy, but I dreamt that Tommy and Chucky kept coming into our bedroom and trying to open my chest with a plastic screwdriver. Oh, come on. Yeah, like I was some kind of robot or something. Oh, my goodness, how silly. Tommy loves you. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, you're right. It was just probably some crazy dream. And I, <laughs> that just reminds me of like the uh, that uh, the drink I made up in college with Tang and vodka. Oh, the, and I, the plastic I screwdriver. A, yeah, I called it the plastic <laughs> screwdriver, which apparently somebody else already invented that drink and called it the fuzzy cosmonaut, even though there's no peach involved. It's a dumber name than plastic screwdriver yeah i, I the plastic <laughs> screwdriver i think makes a lot more sense because a regular screwdriver is just orange juice and vodka so tang is you know fake orange juice that was a really good yeah. drink too we we had a lot of, a lot of plastic screwdrivers in college <laughs> <laughs> if somebody cut that part out of this episode they think we just like had like baby toys <laughs> <laughs> we just like collected plastic screwdrivers Played with baby toys during college <laughs> instead of really drinking. Fun. So they go to bed and uh, Tommy feels a lot better. Uh, he doesn't think his dad is a robot anymore. We have a couple moments of quiet. Chucky sits up. But what about my dad? <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to try to do the theremin music, but no, I'm not. I'll kill my throat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that takes us through the episode. I just love like all the like back then. They had like all these weird drawings of Tommy, depending on the angle. <laughs> yeah. Like as it's panning away and they're scared about the possibility that Chucky's dad is a robot, a robot as well. <laughs> Tommy just looks like the old guy that they replaced Bart with in <laughs> that episode of The Simpsons. Hans <laughs> Molman. Or was it Lisa that they were, that was Lisa that he replaced with that little, uh, little bald guy in a mask it it's the episode where uh bart's gonna be burns his heir and uh oh, okay. he's like see, see your family doesn't miss you <laughs> and it's just all actors playing uh the simpsons and then the one playing lisa takes off the mask oh, and looks okay. like okay tommy in this shot is it is it <laughs> the same episode where uh homer says this is our new son and it's hans molman dressed up as bart he's like oh man and he's holding a skateboard and Homer's like kissing him and Marge is like I want that thing out of my house it's like kissing a peanut <laughs> did you notice like the the font in the uh, title intro is like slightly different like it's got a shadow on it yeah it's got like a drop shadow like a black drop shadow yeah like yep. uh, I don't think I don't know if that shows up in any other episodes, at least none of the previous ones. I'd be interested to see if the other horror themed episodes in season one are like that. True, true. I think uh, Special Delivery has the same thing, like they were trying to keep it consistent that makes within sense. the episode. That's a whole other different horror story. So, uh... Over the past uh, 24, 48 hours or so, you and I both did a thing. Uh, yes, yes, we both, we got our, we got the jab. We got the jab, <laughs> jab number one. <laughs> yeah, we, we are halfway to vaccinated. Did you get, uh, what did you get? I got the Pfizer. Uh, I guess we ended up getting the Moderna. Okay. And 
and I just want to say that, like, I was sitting there and I had to wait like half an hour, and they must not know that I'm a big shot podcaster. Otherwise, I don't think I would be treated like this. You didn't throw your weight around. Were you trying to be humble? I'm. I'm just not. I'm not used to it yet. It hasn't even been a month yet that I've been a big shot. So <laughs> I just gotta. I, I gotta get into the uh, habit of uh, lobbying about my uh, lobbying about my. Uh, you know my my stature. Pushing people <laughs> around. Well, as it turns out, you could have made a scene there, but you'll actually affect more people on this podcast by bitching about it. And talking about what incompetent fools they are. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, with the, the reach and uh, influence of this podcast, I don't want to name the particular establishment to have their uh, <laughs> reputation tarnished. Yeah. I think that's unfair just due to one uh, one negligent worker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, we're heard in like, what, seven, eight, nine countries now? We're huge. We're worldwide, man. But... <laughs> <laughs> One download in like 10 countries is good. <laughs> How did Heather get to all of those different countries? <laughs> she must be fully vaccinated. <laughs> and can teleport. <laughs> uh, no, my, my, uh, my experience was really quick. It was at a university and in the gymnasium there, like you had to pre-reserve a time. And mine was like 1 to one fifteen. And you went in, you, they checked your name and you went over to the jabbing station. They jabbed you. Um, and like an idiot, I, it was really cold one. So I had my coat and then I had a long sleeve button up shirt that was like denim because I'm a cool guy. And, <laughs> and so I had to take that off uh, so they could jab my arm. And apparently I bled a lot more than most people. They're like, uh, we should get some claw. That's a lot of blood. Yeah. So you did get, you did get your shot from Dr. Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a that's not a hannibal reference that's that a rugrats I mean, reference it's, it's an indirect hannibal reference yes <laughs> i'm your friend dr lecter <laughs> but no by by a lot of blood it was just like a big globule of <laughs> which is a great word of blood uh and then throughout the center of the uh of the gym they had a bunch of uh folding chairs separated it seven or eight feet intervals and we had to sit 15 minutes to make sure we didn't get anaphylactic shock they said i i could sit there for 15 minutes but also i could go out and shop <laughs> you just like so you just drop ah that's the sound you would make if you got anaphylactic shock but yeah anyway so yeah i got my shot and i explored the building actually looking for a bathroom uh, and i found a really cool bathroom where the walls were like the walls of the stalls were the walls of the stalls. They were made of marble and the doors were these cool wooden, these cool wooden doors. And I pooped there. Have you had any side effects? <laughs> uh, I the only side effect that I had that has lasted is my left arm. When I lift it beyond a certain point, especially yesterday, really hurts like my uh, like I think when you're little, the shot that hurts the most is like a tetanus shot. Like, I remember as a little kid, for some reason, that being the most painful. Not when you get it, but, like, after. <clears throat> like, not when you get it, but afterward. For whatever reason, like, my arm really, really hurt afterward. Otherwise, there was a point maybe in 30, 45 minutes later where I kind of felt a little bit lightheaded. Or, like, some weird pressure in my head. 
And I don't know if that was related to the shot or not, but I mean, you know, correlation and all that. Although correlation does not necessarily equal causation. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't had, I haven't been sick. Yeah. I haven't been nauseous, nothing like uh, that. Yeah, same here. I, I, I just had a little bit of arm pain. I wouldn't even say it's a lot when I lift my arm. And uh, other than that, it kind of aggravated the day-to-day pain that I normally have. Oh, okay. um, but not for long. I feel normal now. I'm even... I'm even drinking beers while we record this. I feel fine. Like every other episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except when he's getting into the hard stuff from Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford Danny DeVito's. Is that even still a thing anymore? Danny DeVito's lemon ch- limoncellos. Does Dan Aykroyd still have that crystal skull vodka? Probably. I would be very surprised if it doesn't exist. Have you ever seen the video of Danny DeVito going on... Uh, what the hell is that morning show that has like um, Rosie O'Donnell on it? The View, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, The View. Yeah, and Danny DeVito goes on, and he's like obviously still wasted, <laughs> and he's been like, he said he's been out drinking all night with George Clooney. <laughs> I love Danny DeVito. He's a friend of all workers <laughs> <laughs> and small animals. And small animals. I uh, I have a dream to uh, one day get one of those full-size cutouts of Danny DeVito, cardboard cutouts, and just have it sitting in my office looking looking out through the glass all the time. Yeah, we gotta meet him someday. <laughs> that, that's that's the goal of this podcast now. <laughs> it's not to make a million dollars. It's not to make a, a baby show. Or anything to do with Rugrats. <laughs> it's to meet Danny DeVito. So if anybody out there that's listening can make that happen, we're halfway vaccinated. So in about a month or so, it'll be fine. <laughs> We're talking to you, Heather. <laughs> I've got a uh, another another segment here. Oh, um, it's a little nice. different than my normal special segment, but it's in the same vein. It's a uh, rug race go wild, <laughs> <laughs> and this is. A, an example of the stuff that pops up in the in real life, like the uh, the kind of things that actually happen on the internet, and isn't just <laughs> me trying to create it artificially in my lab. <laughs> and you are this, a scientist. This is a. Uh, <laughs> I found this on spinpasta.fandom. <laughs> it's lost episode, Chucky's mom, which uh, I'm ah. <laughs> that poor woman. That poor fictional woman. <laughs> she has to deal with you. <laughs> has to deal with me already, and then this stuff that came before what I did. But this is the kind. Of, this is what I'm trying to emulate with uh with my little segment. Just just be prepared to be washed over with absolute dumbness. <laughs> okay, I'm they're just wa- gonna read. They're, they're they're not to cut you off. Well, actually, yes, to cut you off. But they're listening to this podcast, so they're already overwhelmed and washed over with dumbness. So. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just going to read directly from this uh, this page here because (laughs) uh, just just get a load of this. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Rugrats, that show on Nickelodeon? What you probably don't know is that the creator of the show, Gabor Chupo, originally planned a late night version of Rugrats called Rug Rascals (laughs) to be played at night with more adult humor. (laughs) Because every major channel thought the pilot was too disturbing, they refused to air the show. And as a result, no one has really heard about it. However, one station in Wellington, New Zealand mistakenly played it in the morning 
thinking it was a regular Rugrats episode. The episode played out like normal with the babies playing in the playpen. They are all talking about their moms when Chucky has a flashback. It had Chucky in hospital standing next to his mother in bed, who was dying from an unknown illness. She was singing, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, to Chucky in a very weak voice, as if she was about to die. But when she sang the second verse, the song started playing in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) A a shot of Chucky appeared in front of a live-action footage of a chicken's head being chopped off. (laughs) Said to represent death by fans. <laughs> Chucky turns around and screams. And when he looks at it back at his mother, her face was a lie. And that it's written as a based live. As a live. Oh, okay. Her face has a live action man's mouth pasted on it saying, Don't worry, Chucky. It's time for me to move on in a man's <laughs> voice. <laughs> A flurry of random live-action clips were shown, said to represent death, like a cow walking into a box with slaughterhouse crudely journals. <laughs> footage of the L.A. riots, <laughs> other cartoons, and actual footage of a man suffering from AIDS and being killed. <laughs> what the fuck? This is so dumb. This you can hear Chucky screaming the entire time. <laughs> Appears again, this time with a chicken's beak crudely pasted onto her face, saying, Don't you remember where it all started? (laughs) (laughs) The episode then cuts to live action footage of childbirth sonograms. (laughs) About after one minute of these sonograms, you hear Chucky's mom say, Aren't you a lucky ducky, Chucky? A harlequin fetus appears. At this time, you see Chucky coming out of a flashback, having a seizure. What the fuck is happening? I'm crying. (laughs) I'm crying, just like a just like Chucky. Tommy, Phil, and Lil are crying, and an ambulance worker calms him down, saying, "Chucky, Chucky, can you hear me?" In a stern voice. Eventually, after coughing up blood and vomiting, Chucky comes to his senses. When then he sees, then when th- we then see a point of view shot of Chucky seeing Tommy, Phil, Lil, and the ambulance worker as having live action chicken beaks on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> a photo of a kid that looks just like Chucky screaming appears, and the camera zooms into it. After this. The regular credits played, followed by 15 minutes of static as the station had nothing else to play. Surprisingly, although the episode was watched by many children, only one adult who was watching, in parentheses, me, has spoken about it until now. I was surprised to find out that children... I was unsurprised to find out that children's suicide went way higher than me. <laughs> Someone actually trying to pass this off as real? I don't. I don't know if they tried to pass it off as real or if this is just like a a creepy pasta thing where they try <laughs> to you know like just write the most disturbing things they can think of about an episode. But my favorite part is how the, the origin of this is that it was supposed to be a cartoon <laughs> with more adult humor, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like some experimental nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like like I, I it's like David him. Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the you missed the Mark Gabor. <laughs> I I'm literally crying right now. <laughs> That's I'm so baffled right now. And this is uh, I'm I don't even yeah. Wow. For those who like, want to actually read this for themselves online, uh, where is this again? <laughs> this is uh, binpasta.fandom. And uh, yeah, it's riddled with like typos and stuff, which I tried to read normally. Rug rascals. <laughs> what, a, what a horrible name. <laughs> oh my god. You know what would be great? What? If that were a true story. <laughs> If for oh, some reason God. we ever get to interview Gabor Chupo, we need to ask him about this. <laughs> Is it true? <laughs> that you wrote an adult version of Rugrats called Rug Rascals, and then Chucky had a seizure. <laughs> the image in my head is just like the animated characters all with like real chicken beaks, like pasted on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is like. It never would have, even if the, if this were true, it never would have been an official spinoff of Rugrats, but it sounds like some bizarre thing that would be on Adult Swim. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in, like, its earlier, like, more experimental days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's way funnier than the things I've written. <laughs> that's, that's insane. I don't, <laughs> we need to, like, contact the person that wrote that and try to interview them for the show. <laughs> no no credit on the uh the site I found ah, it on. Damn. I was genuine. I was serious too. <laughs> uh, I definitely I want to go uh speaking of lost episodes though. I want to do that, a This is where later. I thought you were going was those lost episodes you sent me. Yeah, I want to do a, a segment eventually where we speculate maybe like one per episode, one yeah. or two per episode where we speculate. Done where they would have gone or something. Yep. I'm glad you found that, by the way. Yeah, I, I was definitely, I was trying to find, like, any snippets from old scripts or anything I could find with those, and that led me to this, and uh, <laughs> something I want to talk about later, but not this episode, about the, the infamous Rugrats storyboard jam. I don't know if I'll be able to squeeze any comedy out of that one, so, yeah, I, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> leave that for now. Yeah, that's pretty like, messed up. Just put it at that. But anyway, back to the baby show. <laughs> what the hell was the other episode we watched? Special delivery. How can we get back to this? I don't even know. Like, we should just call it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, we're on special delivery. <clears throat> this episode was written by Patrick Verone and uh, Maya Williams, who are actually a married couple who wrote this one. Um Patrick Verone uh, wrote for Johnny Carson, The Critic, Pinky and the Brain, Muppets Tonight, Futurama, Disenchantment. But this is his only Rugrats episode. Hmm. Uh, Maya Williams, she wrote for The Red Fox Show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I can't read my handwriting on that <laughs> one. <laughs> Some show. Oh, The Wayans Brothers. Ah. The Wayans Brothers, Mad TV, Futurama. <clears throat> they've, they've both uh, written quite a few for quite a few good shows. Okay. Maybe just because it's a recent thing. Um, did you watch Disenchantment? And if so, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I've watched. Uh, I've watched every episode of it. I mean, even the new I season that like just came it. out. I kind of don't at the same time. Hmm. I haven't seen this newest season yet. 
like uh i don't know it has a lot of good jokes uh i, I think a lot of it kind of falls flat at the same time mm. uh, i think the some, characters are all really likable yeah there's a lot of funny stuff in it <clears throat> um i'll definitely keep watching but it's it's not like my favorite thing I, i'm not it's not gonna ever be like as close to me as futurama even right, was. Right. speaking of show updates the great north there's like another episode like i man i fucking hate how networks will air a show for like six weeks straight take like two or three weeks off bring it back take a week off go another couple weeks it, like that's it's no wonder people like ra- ratings drop on shows because people like think it's canceled or don't know it's on but like Anyway, I need to catch up with The Great North because I did end up liking it a lot more from the one episode where I first recommended it. The third and fourth episodes in particular, I really, really liked it. They were both specifically about uh, personal relationships with the characters. And I do think the characters are really strong in that show. So we'll see if it holds up. But anyway, special (laughs) delivery. Tommy hears Stu talking about ordering a doll from a catalog, which leads him to believe they'll be getting a new baby through the mail. He then sneaks into the mail carrier's bag and ends up at the post office. He is then sorted roughly by the sophisticated mail technology <laughs> as he travels the forgotten reaches of the post office. <laughs> the forgotten reaches of the post office. <laughs> <laughs> this episode starts with Stu building his uh, his doll. It's like a walking, talking doll. That oh, yeah. With its pants. pants or is going to wet its pants, at least at some point. I actually, I really, really like the, uh, I say, how does this episode start? And I have it noted here. Um, it starts with Stu building the patty pants, uh, and it doesn't work and, or doesn't work properly to, uh, to his specifications or desires, whatever you want to say. And then something you don't really see in this show too much, maybe at all, is it cuts to black and just has the director's name. But then, like, the light comes in, and it's Tommy opening Spike's eyes. So that's the darkness. That's another one of those great, like, instead of in the mouth, it's through Spike's sleeping eyes. Yeah, that's normally how they would start an episode. Yes. I thought that was nice, um, though. It was a nice, uh, creative open, as per usual. Like, yeah, back, uh, I, back on, backing up a little bit, like, yeah. I just love the face Stu makes when he's looking at his doll. <laughs> it looks like a Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, it looks like very different animation, like same character design, but different anim- like obviously the same character, but the design is just different enough or the angle is just this different enough that you could like paste it elsewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a still from the Flintstones or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, back to Tommy opening up Spike's eyes and <clears throat> talking to him or whatever. And uh, the mailman comes and. uh the running joke in this episode <laughs> is the uh, the cliched bit that dogs hate mailmen. It's all through it. It's all through this. Yeah. episode. there's like so many little references to it. In the, yeah, I love the, like the when the mailman's th- putting the mail through the slot <laughs> and they get a ton of mail. Yes. Tommy goes and throws it back out. At him. <laughs> He's like struggling like the mailman is like struggling, like push it in with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, shoves the Egbert catalog in, which Spike catches in his teeth. Who's apparently been waiting for the Egbert catalog. He's very excited to see it. Ignores all the other mail. Which is the Egbert toy catalog, by the way, which I assume is another toy company. Not Mr. Muckle Honey Toys. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about competing with them right now. No. 
Stu sees uh, Tina Trout trousers, the competition for his patty pants doll that he's still working on. And this is already ready for delivery. Uh, it talks, it walks, and it wets. Worst of all, it even gets real diaper rash. So? My patty pants doll is at least six months away from realistic diaper rash. Man, I was watching this, and I'm just thinking to myself, how... Is it, like, weird or disturbing that, like, baby dolls would, like, pee and poop themselves? It's like, I don't... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I get it. It's it's, but it it's just like a training program for little girls or something. I mean, yeah, I think that's like the criticism of baby dolls yeah. is that it just kind of trains women for motherhood and yeah. nothing else. I mean, I I don't think you really should train babies to fit into their roles unless unless like you have like a family business or something. I don't think that's like the worst thing if you've got like a I don't know. If you make rugs or something, <laughs> <laughs> you make rugs so you you condition your rug rats to know how to do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, realistic diaper rash. Just what we've always wanted in a doll. But anyway, uh, Dee Dee suggests that he's be so worried about it, he should order it and he orders it for next day delivery. I love the moment where Dee Dee is showing Tommy the doll in the catalog. See, Tommy, a new little baby for you to play with. And she's coming in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> that bit of uh, voice acting by E.G. Daly is great. I like when uh, after she gives Stu the idea to order the doll, he like kisses her on the cheek, but his lips like stretch so far. <laughs> they're like his lips are longer than like Tommy, the width of Tommy's head. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like great. the Angelica spaghetti arms from yeah. uh, Tommy's first birthday. But yeah, Chucky and Phil and Lil come over, and I love when they go to the... <laughs> there's the doorbell, and through the little mail slot is Chucky's eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's just tall enough to look through there. And, yeah. uh, you, you want, I have to wonder if he does that every time he comes over. <laughs> so uh, they drop off, or they, as, as, as uh, Betty would say, they pen these pups. Dee Dee says that uh, Stu is still working on the Patty Pants doll. <laughs> and Betty's like, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little You've line that never... That for six years. Yeah, basically. <laughs> How many, like, unfinished toys do you think he has down in his basement? <laughs> I don't even know at this point if he's ever sold a toy. <laughs> <laughs> he's at least gotten some money from the Mr. Muckle Honey, but... Yeah, an investment isn't the same of it as actually achieving something. Yeah. So the uh, so Tommy tells the uh, the other babies that a new baby is coming and Phil and there's like our mom and dad are talking about getting another mom or another baby, too. And there's an argument of stork versus store. It's the it's the baby's version of uh, nature versus nurture stork versus store. <laughs> and Chuck is like, my mom said I came from the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> another mention of the uh, the elusive Chucky's mom. Yeah. And She's then like Tommy cryptid. She's in. Do you say she's encrypted? She's like a cryptid. Oh, like a <laughs> <laughs> like Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> and Tommy says that uh, the baby's coming through the mail, and we cut to the next day, where Tommy is very cutely sitting on the, a little stool in front of the door. And on his walk to the uh, Pickles house, there's like a little Chihuahua that's gnawing on his leg. A couple <laughs> poodles. The disgusting dog. Yes. <laughs> At the neighbor's house. I, I In my notes, I wrote the disgusting dog with many stars around it. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, several walls between him and Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Stu comes and he's like, oh, he opens the door. He's like, well, where is she? To the mailman. 
He's like, who do I look like? The, the Department of Missing Persons? No, no. Tina Trousers is a doll. Hey, mister, I don't care what she looks like. No, I mean a toy doll. She was supposed to come in the mail today. Oh. Oh, yeah, you got a package, but it was too big to carry. You'll have to come pick it up at the post office. What? I haven't got time to go wait in line at the post office. And this guy, again, is Michael Bell. <laughs> That's a great, great uh, character voice. Whatever I it like, is. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe saying I like is a bit much, but I noticed how they depict like the uh, mail carriers or in the post office as both being like overburdened and like terrible service. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're all the all the carriers are like horribly mangled too. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a, they're both sizing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Tommy sneaks into the mailbag, which the carrier carry. <laughs> like Tommy is is digging through the mail. First opens a letter, nothing in it. Then opens a baby catalog. It's like baby. Opens a fold out. <laughs> yeah, like a centerfold. Yeah. So obviously the the idea you're supposed to get is like a porno mag. But it, it it's just about babies. It's yeah, not but it's it's not it's not uh explicit. Oh, but that you know that's the intention. Yeah, that that's uh the little bit of little slip in of adult humor. Yeah. American baby. <laughs> is that what the magazine was called? Yeah. Something like American baby. <laughs> So he's looking at it and he's smiling and then you hear a dog barking. And <laughs> when we get to the post office, there's wanted posters for all the dogs. Yes. Mephisto and Bully Boy. <laughs> I didn't see the names. And in the background, well, he he first uh, he sets down the uh, the carrier bag and then he goes back into the room where all the other mauled postal carriers are. And there's like a picture on the wall of a dog with a bunch of darts in it. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. saw that. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what that picture was, but yeah, that's yeah, it's definitely darts. And yeah, they're all in like slings with crutches and <laughs> head bandages. Yeah. I think there's like an ad for pepper spray, too. Oh, I didn't see that. So Tommy gets out of the uh, the carrier bag and on a conveyor belt. The first thing he sees is the uh, the Ming Dynasty ba- vase vase. <laughs> it's yeah, like fragile I, Ming vase. I, I think he like thinks it's baby shaped or something because yeah, that's what he something. fixates on baby and so he goes to a long series of being manhandled by the mail sorting system <laughs> robot arms yeah like there's there's actually a robot arm with fingers and yeah. everything to pick up improperly scanned mail items i guess this is kind of a half dumb baby episode yeah uh, like i think last week we said that incident nile seven was going to be the next dumb baby one and the last one but yeah i, I would put this in that category because he's only got a few lines with the babies everything else he's doing is pretty dumb yeah um it kind of like kind of like the uh baby commercial episode actually like you it's kind of like framed in the beginning with tommy talking to phil and lil about the commercial and then it ends the same way i guess phil and lil talk when they're at the commercial but anyway back to this episode so Tommy climbs up on the conveyor belt. Uh, I love the music that starts playing. It reminds me of either Waiter, There's a Baby in My Soup or actually that and at the movies. It's not necessarily that it's it's yeah, like a I play th- on I the same it, thing. I, think, I it, think you're right, though. I think like when they're going up to like the movie, the projection room. Yeah, it's it's like, it, it's like 
it gives it what I described as like I think in a previous episode like a driving force. Like it's 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 the music is carrying the momentum of the scene. And and is there like a, like a, a twinkling background to the music? Like, yeah, something like yeah. that. Okay, yeah, I I I can now picture it in my head. Yeah. He gets picked up by like a little little another another little robot claw <laughs> and he starts like doing like the weirdest cry. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets postage due like slapped over his mouth. It was like $51 and 10 cents. <laughs> and when he was weighed, he was 25 pounds. Wow. <laughs> One year old. <laughs> That's what a year old do to you. <laughs> I remember turning one year old and suddenly I was 25 pounds and I couldn't get it. <laughs> These clothes don't even fit me anymore. <laughs> if Tommy didn't become a handyman or a, a filmmaker, he definitely should have become like a gymnast with all the climbing and <laughs> <He's> like great <laughs> lifting himself up on bars. Like he gets Flipping on a, around a dolly and yeah. he's like swinging around. <laughs> Tommy Pickles, uh, Olympic gymnast. And we get the first look at Tommy's skeleton in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> one of two skeletons in this episode. Yeah, exactly. And it, uh, one of them dead, but <laughs> we're not there yet. But but it's through the x-ray machine. It's when Tommy finally reaches the vase and, ah, uh, no baby. <laughs> <laughs> I used Tommy's skull from this for the uh, disgusting dog artwork. Yes. <laughs> a friend of ours commented on the uh the artwork is that tommy pickles skeleton <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if he thought that you just like made it and you're like horrible but really you just took it from the show <laughs> i mean the context of it was horrible yeah yeah well yeah this is true but <laughs> hilarious though <laughs> i like the tricks that, that he pulls the sticker off and he can't get it loose and he's like shaking it like <laughs> That feeling you when you can't get a sticker because it's stuck to you. I like that. Huh. It's a nice little yeah, bit of animation. I, I don't think I even noticed this on noticed that on this uh, watch. What the, the him shaking the sticker off? Oh, that's like a, a little thing that maybe I like I zoned out for or always zoned out for. Yeah, that's weird because I, I remember noticing that since I was little. That's uh, I really I've always liked that detail because it's like it's just something that's really relatable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, little kids gets, play uh, with stickers all the time. <laughs> he gets marked as canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, then he goes to the dead letter department. Or yes. Dead letter office. office. What a dead letter office. Dead letter office. And there's first as he's uh, the music changes. a variation on a theme in another episode but it's like darker and scarier and like the dead letter office is dimly lit and there's like rats walking around and there's cobwebs and there's, there's a post a poster for war bonds and yeah. there's a spider that comes down holding a stamp <laughs> I didn't see this, this I saw the spider I didn't see it holding a stamp that's great um, and then there's a, there's a sign on the wall that says uh, if you I, I actually noticed for the first time that it, the full thing that it says I always noticed that it said point of no return, but then in a different font, the font that's smaller, it says address, yeah. point of no return address. So, yeah, yeah, the end of the conveyor belt is a drop down to, <laughs> down to a pit of letters and a skeleton. 
Yeah, so uh, the first horror-themed episode did not have a skeleton, but the very next episode has a dead body sitting at the bottom of a pit. <laughs> I almost wonder if that's something they tried to like get by the the Nickelodeon people or something, because the next shot, because like, Tommy's about to fall off into this pit, and he grabs a lever and swings down and goes into another chute, which saves him from dropping down there. And like the aerial shot, as he does that, you don't see the skeleton that time. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's if it was like a subconscious thing where they're like, oh, like I thought I saw a skeleton. Oh, never mind. There wasn't a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Get away with having a dead body in a Rugrats episode. They just didn't feel like s- <laughs> drawing a skeleton a second time <laughs> <laughs> from a different uh, perspective. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd like to think that dead letter offices all have dead skeletons on them. <laughs> dead skeletons. <laughs> dead skeletons. As opposed to living skeletons. Most people have living skeletons, but (laughs) (laughs) anyway, uh, the mail chute just drops Tommy into a convenient mail cart. Yes. He he finds the uh, the package that Stu's getting and climbs inside of it, rips it open. (laughs) Yeah, he rips it open, starts talking to this baby doll. Hi, you must be the baby. I'm Tommy. What's your name? Really? That's my mom's name, too. <laughs> and then this this male clerk. I don't remember if I made reference to it on the show, but as a little kid, I thought this male clerk, rather, I wasn't sure whether this male clerk was supposed to be a man or a woman. I don't know why, but as a little kid, for whatever reason, it always confused me because little kids are dumb and I was a dumb little kid. <laughs> yeah. Next. Right here. Oh, man. What if it was played <laughs> by Louis Anderson? <laughs> oh shit damn it <laughs> yeah um and this is like a very uh dissatisfied with the with this job person uh <laughs> do you notice that they have an employee of the month thing with the yes, guy, with, yes. <laughs> with the guy's this, photo on it yeah they, they, they make it out like this person is like horrible at customer service and then uh he's listed as employee of the month Stu's like, hey, this package is a mess. Look, it's been torn open. No charge. <laughs> That's such a great voice. Stu takes uh, t- takes the uh, package and goes to leave. He's like, oh, tell you, boy, I'll tell you the old days in the post office a lot better before they got Next. Away. Not after the, not after Reagan and Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They make it home. Uh, Stu reaches into the box, pulls the doll out, somehow doesn't notice his 25-pound baby in there. <laughs> hey, Dee Dee, the doll's here. Baby. <laughs> and also something I just thought about the entire time. No one in that household has noticed that Tommy's been missing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not know. like he was supposed to be down for a nap. <laughs> I mean, that's like a constant theme of Rugrats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go out for as long as they need to. <laughs> the parents only notice if it's going to be funny. <laughs> No, not again. <laughs> but yeah, Grandpa finds the uh, the box and <laughs> pulls Tommy out by one leg. <laughs> He's like, mm, this is lifelike. Beaver smells lifelike. If I didn't know better, I'd say that was Tommy. <laughs> so do you think he is actually confused and thinks it's a baby doll for a few seconds, or do you think he's just playing around with Tommy I, because he's in the box? When I was 
every other time I've seen this, I've thought he thinks it's a doll just because like that's a gag. But in it still makes me think that maybe because he holds him up by one leg like it's a fucking inanimate object. But then the way he laughs with Tommy, it does seem like it's it's he's just playing around. And because it's a cartoon, you can lift a baby up by one leg. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lift your babies up by one leg. <laughs> I'm almost thinking that like the joke was he didn't realize it was a doll or he didn't realize it was Tommy at first. But then like they thought, well, that's stupid. Yeah. Because whenever he laughs with Tommy uh, later on, it's a cutaway of like the outside of the house. Oh, yeah. You know, something very easy to add in. Yeah. Later on. And they're laughing together, too. And they're laughing together. Like, well, we don't like the idea that he thinks it's a doll. He would know it was Tommy. Let's throw this uh, extra audio on. And, <laughs> you know, now we know he always knew it was Tommy. I just thought about a great shot here as he's holding Tommy up by his leg upside down. Tommy's face swinging by from Pop's point of view, like smiling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. Well, uh, but <laughs> although it didn't cause them to cut out him lifting him up by a leg again. That's no. just like that's I do think it's he he's just playing. But fuck, just like that. It's so jarring, <laughs> like throwing not literally throwing, but carrying a baby around like that. Like shit. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, when he was a kid, he got swung around by fifteen times, <laughs> and he got thrown from fifteen feet in the air. <laughs> now you just gotta put some applesauce in a sock. <laughs> uh, but that's another cute moment with Grandpa and Tommy. I love this show. I mean, we were kind of like joking around when we were talking about starting a Rugrats podcast but I mean the reason only reason we actually did it was because we both genuinely love this show yeah um I definitely want to continue doing it for as long as I still love what I'm watching yeah (laughs) maybe a little further past that I mean as for as long as we can bear I think uh we said early on that maybe we would like I don't know both vote yeah uh, and as long as one of us wanted to keep going we still would or if we had enough fans and we asked them to uh what Whether they would continue. want us to do we might yeah. actually give them the power torture ourselves well by that point uh by the time season three's done that's like 65 episodes in or something so we got some time this is episode eight so <laughs> we, we already got like i think we've already got like a few dozen like people that will listen to the show yeah like and vote regularly consistently or yeah so thank you all for uh for listening we we really enjoy seeing that uh you know you like it uh it's definitely feels rewarding to us yeah it's 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 gratifying even though it is like such a small scale podcast but it's gratifying to us so cool to we, see we, the different states uh show up on our statistics and the different countries it's uh pretty cool yeah and it's good to see like multiple downloads from the same state because you figure those are the same people listening to multiple episodes yeah. so uh at least we assume so and we joke a lot about like uh <laughs> becoming wealthy off of this <laughs> which i mean you know that's <laughs> not likely that we'll no we'll even make a living off of this effort but, but that is the goal if we could 
if we could. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? You could help our dreams come true. <laughs> you can uh, save me from a life of manual labor and destruction of my own body. <laughs> You're a scientist who mauls himself for a living. <laughs> One of these days, I'll take you to a Turkish bath and get a hairy old Turkish man to massage you. I'm actually getting another massage uh, on Friday next week, so... That's a report back. Yeah. (laughs) This is our massage talks. Yeah, massage talks. So my my second uh, jab is on May 7th, so I guess for you that'll mean May 8th. So um, if we haven't died or been transformed into zombies or robots uh, (laughs) because of the microchip, it's the microchip. They're injecting you with the microchip uh, <laughs> um, but no, we'll uh, we'll give updates on that too. Hopefully, we don't get sick. I know a few people who've gotten the second shot and like for like twenty four, forty eight hours have just felt like really not good. So hopefully, we can avoid that. My next one is actually on the fifteenth. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you're longer than three weeks because it's Moderna. You have to oh, wait longer. Okay, mine's superior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So maybe we'll have a week where I'm really sick and it'll be funny to have me on the show. good. Whoa, I almost knocked myself over at my show. <laughs> if uh for those of you out there who listen beyond our end commercial to the little uh end bonus end credit thing and you heard me fall in episode one, if Adam ever falls and I I get the audio of him screaming and falling in his chair. That will certainly be the uh, the end credit, uh, post credit <laughs> scene. <laughs> so what are we looking at next week? So uh, next week we've got Candy Bar Creep Show and Monster in the Garage. Moving, uh, continuing with the horror theme. Yeah, I wonder if did this episode and that episode both come out in like October? Like <laughs> I'm thinking so, and I've sense. got a little something for uh monster in the garage we'll see if it turns out to be entertaining okay but yeah as always we really really appreciate everyone who tunes in uh wherever you're from in this country or any other uh it's great uh we hope to hear from you Um, oh we have nothing but five star reviews on apple podcasts that's that's pretty awesome nice yeah so thank you to the last last count i think was four yeah we're big time (laughs) no we really really do appreciate it it's uh it means a lot imagine a world where we have 10 five-star reviews are you listening (laughs) out there you can help us (laughs) (laughs) but anyway we'll see you next week here on because i've lost control of my life like what you heard Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Gotta filter the old organs! <laughs>